Welcome to Tardi Mechanach Yomi. My name is Adina Schmimmin. Join us this Sunday, February 4th, on the CM live stream, starting with two shiurim at 10 and 11 a.m. Eastern, and the CM program, including Mrs. Jen Early, at 12.45 p.m. Go to outorah.org slash nach. And if you've finished Tardi Mechanach Yomi, second cycle, Please add your name to the CM scroll at ouwomen.org slash CM24. And now for today's Perek, Perek Gimel. In yesterday's Perek, we captured the challenge of movement forward from a personal perspective. Yoshua mustering the courage to address demons of his past as he sends out spies, and Rachav leaving behind her own demons to find a space with the Jewish people through the rescue of these same spies. What was a disaster 40 years earlier is an impetus for change and growth, and Yoshua wastes no time in setting the next steps of national conquest in motion. Let's review the chronology. The spies are sent out on the 6th of Nisan and return three days later. On the 7th of Nisan, as the Jewish people conclude the 30 days of mourning for Moshe, Yoshua is addressed by Hashem, emboldened by his words of courage, and prepares the nation to move forward in three days' time on the 10th of Nisan. The spies return and report back on the night of the 9th, and the next morning, Yoshua wakes up early to begin the process of moving the nation forward. Think of a major life cycle event. Getting up early in the morning, it's hard to sleep, there's eager anticipation, but there's also a feeling of anxiousness, knowing that it'll be a memorable day and you want to get everything right. You reflect on how I got to this point in my life. How does Yoshua share with the people all the hopes and dreams for the future with a recognition of not just where they're headed, but also acknowledging where they're coming from? He's been with them all along, and this itself is reassuring. He is a new leader, new to the position, but he's not new to the people, and this engenders a sense of trust and calm. So the theme of today's parak is transmission and transition. Let's look through the parak to capture the examples of these ideas. Pasuk Aleph, verse 1. Vayashkem Yoshua Baboker. Yoshua, like his ancestor Abraham, gets up early in the morning to Davin to pray that all unfolds smoothly with the blessing of Hashem, demonstrating an alacrity to perform a mitzvah. This phrase of getting up early in the morning is used four times with Yehoshua. Despite the enormity of the task, Yoshua takes the words of Hashem and the people to heart, chazak ve'ematz, be strong and courageous, and wastes no time in moving forward. Pasuk Beis, Two, Three days after the announcement on the 7th of Nisan, the marshals circulated within the camp to give directions for the next day. They are told that when the Aron begins to move forward, they must follow. The Malbin notes that on this journey, the Aron will lead the people across the Yardane, whereas in the Midbar, the Aron have been transported behind Yehuda and Reuven. There was one other time that the Aron led the way. It was 38 years earlier when the Bnei Yisrael departed Midbar Sinai, seemingly en route to the Promised Land, as recorded in Sefer Bamidbar Perak Yud 10. 
But the people began to complain. They didn't have meat like they had in Mitzrayim. And the ill-fated spy mission followed. Tragically, what should have been a short few days became a 40-year-long journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. Moving forward in our own lives, we bring our past with us. We take the elements and narratives of our successes and failures and hopefully learn from our experiences. An educator, Joe Hirsch, has formulated this as feed forward rather than feed back. There is no growth when one looks at failures as a roadblock preventing movement forward. Rather, we need to shift perspective to feed forward and see our failures as a space of improvement and growth. As the Jewish people enter the land of Israel, we will hear the echoes of familiar themes and experiences, but they're not there to stymie our national growth, but rather to inspire our development as a people. Let's keep our eyes and ears open for these different events and themes. Pasuk Zion 7. Vayomer Hashem al Yehoshua, hayom hazeh, achel gadelcha be'inei kol Yisrael. Today I will inaugurate your greatness in front of all of B'nei Yisrael, asher yeid'un, so they will know, ki kasher hayisi im Moshe, imach. Just as I was with Moshe, I will be with you. The reassurances for Yehoshua personally, as he embarks on a Moshe-like mission. Yehoshua, in turn, reassures the people that Hashem is a living God who will be in front and present in the conquest of the land. He now runs through the course of events as informed by Hashem as they will unfold. A step-by-step directive gives the people faith in the process and trust in their leader. He knows, and he will provide the security of direction. When you can anticipate what's coming ahead, you can plan and prepare yourself. And even if it's a new experience and you may not know all the details, having a mental map provides a sense of stability. It's true in a work environment, a parent-child interaction, and certainly here with the people entering into a new land. And then seeing all these anticipated events take place, it's such a sense of of reassurance to the people that Hashem is their God and Yeshua is their guide. As we move toward the Yardin, we'll learn about remarkable miracles that took place as the people entered the land. The first miracle is described by the Medrash, that the entire nation miraculously gathered between the two poles of the Aron. All of B'nai Israel fit in this remarkably small space. What is a miracle? An open miracle gives us the opportunity to pull back the curtain on Hashem's veiled world and see his hand directly causing events to happen. We're privy for just a moment to see the glory of Hashem in front of our very eyes. And a hidden miracle? We need to work harder to see Hashem. We can, but it's more effortful. We can look for and find Hashem in our everyday world seeing daily hidden miracles, but they're less obvious and for us today even more challenging as we live in a world where scientific principles seem to govern the laws of nature. Learning about miracles gives us the opportunity to pause and appreciate the magnitude of Hashem and the possibility, the hope, that we too will be privileged to be that generation 
that we'll see the glory of Hashem revealed, may it be speedily in our day. While it may be impossible for us to envision these miracles, let's take a moment to appreciate their messages. According to the Bar Moshe, the message of the people fitting within the Aron's poles was to show the Jewish people that despite the small dimensions of the land of Israel, smaller than almost any other country, we will all fit in this space. The people were joined together in the smallest of spaces, echoing the unity of Harsinai, where the Pasuk says, Vayichan sham neger hahar, and he camped there, Belishachad belevachad, with one heart. Just as at Matan Torah, the people had one heart, here, too, they were unified between the staves of the Aron, unified with purpose and direction. Let us review, as Yoshua did, how the Yardane crossing would unfold. The Aron would proceed in front of the people. Twelve men, one from each Shevet, would be chosen. And when the Kohanim would enter the water, the Yardane would divide and form a wall, a pillar, in Hebrew, a nade. So here's an interesting question that becomes even more relevant when you know your Nach geography. Why was it even necessary to split the Yardin? If you've ever visited Keser El Yahud near Mitzpe Yericho, you'll find a river that at some parts you can actually wade across. In fact, the two spies crossed the Yardin when they brought back their report from Yericho. The Mayim Lois, an 18th century work by Rabbi Yaakov Kuli, suggests that the people were really scared that without Moshe Rabbeinu and the miracles that he performed with divine direction, they would not be able to conquer the seven nations. So in an act of benevolent kindness, rather than letting the people worry, Hashem performed this miracle to reassure the Bnei Yisrael that he would still be there with divine protection. Pasukid Aleph 11. The focal point of the crossing was the Aron, referred to here as the Aron Bris Adon Kol Haaretz, the Ark of the Covenant of the Ruler of All of the Earth. It is this Aron that bears witness to the fulfillment of the promise made at the Bris Ben Habasarim, the Covenant of the Parts, when Avram was promised that his children would inherit the land of Israel by Adon Kol Haaretz, the master of the world, who, as Rashi states in his opening line to his commentary on Chumash, Hashem created the world and therefore can bequeath his land to the nation of his choosing, the Jewish people. As commanded earlier, Yoshua chooses one man from each Shevet. And we'll see their task tomorrow in the next parak. Pasuk Yedalid continues with the words, Vayihi bin Soa ha'am, when the people traveled. It reminds us of the words, Vayihi bin Soa ha'aron, the words we say each time we open our Aron Kodesh, our Ark, in our shuls. The words appear between the two nunim hafuchim, the upside-down nuns in Parshas Bahaloscha, describing how the Aron would journey. Moshe says, Arise, Hashem, and let your foes be scattered. Let those who hate you flee from you. Here it was the waters that fled from Hashem. Pasuk Tazayin 
16 describes in detail how the waters split, not like the Yamtuf down the middle, but rather the upper waters piled up high into a pillar while the rest of the waters flowed downstream. And the waters descended from upstream, stood, they rose into one column. And it was far away from the city of Adam, which was near Tsarsan. And those descending to the sea of the plain, the Dead Sea, ceased flowing, they were cut off, and the people crossed opposite Yericho. And why did the waters rise up at the city of Adam? You see that this was an affirmation of the connection of the first man and the land of Israel. The Pasuk says, far from Adam. While Rashi explains that this is a city, the Medr says, well, it was far in years from Adam, 2,488 years later, the mission that began with the clearing of waters to make way for humanity continued now with the crossing of the people on dry land into the land of Israel. Pasuk Yudzayin 17. Vayam duha kawanim nosei haron bris Hashem bacharava besocha yardain hachain. And the Kohanim, bearers of the Ark of Hashem, stood in the Yardin on the gr- dry ground firmly. And all of Israel crossed on dry land until the whole nation completed crossing the Yardin. It's interesting to note that the Jewish people here at the end of the Pasuk are referred to as goy. It's the universal term for nation because the ultimate purpose of creation and humanity was to bring the Jewish people to their promised land. When the people finished crossing, the Kohanim stepped back onto dry land on the Transjordan side and the water began to flow again. The next parak will explain how they were reunited, but for now, the fact that the people did not have the pillar of cloud or even the Aron at that moment was a message of transition as a people. As they entered the land, the miraculous objects which fed, clothed, and led them will be left behind as the nation slowly transitions to a life of hidden miracles. While we hear the echoes of Kriyas Yamsuf in the crossing of the Yardin, let's focus on the differences. While the Yamsuf was crossed with haste under duress, a band of slaves fleeing from their oppressors, the Bnei Israel crossed the Yardin as a transformed nation. With confidence and calm, they walked across as a free nation into their promised land. After 40 years of transition, transformation, and transmission, they are now able to travel to their new home with a sense of joy and triumph. Thank you for learning together. Le'ilui Nishmot, Imotenu Hayekarod, Esther Oppenheimer, Allah Shalom, and Sarah Shanker, Allah Shalom, each deeply devoted and proud to transmit their family's Torah legacy to the next generations.